Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Myself and Emily Anderson go through the week that was in Major League Baseball. We go through the hot and cold teams of the week, the top players, batters, and pitchers of the week, some Phillies talk, a minor league report, stadium snacks, beer corner, a bleacher creature. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think in the comments. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Find us on Instagram, Thunderbug Sports, just like the website, ThunderbugSports.com. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, coming to you live right after the Phillies' Wednesday night win over the Detroit Tigers. And joining me is a very special guest, the lovely Emily Anderson, third and girl. How are you? I'm great. How are you feeling after the win? Um, The Phillies win? Yes. Feeling good. I know you meant. I know you also meant the Sixers. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too. But how have you felt about the the Philly season so far? We haven't had you on. We haven't gotten a chance to talk to you since about the All Star break for basketball. So we can even we'll jump into that a little bit. But baseball, we're a month into the season. The Phillies are in first place in the National League East. How are you feeling about it? Are we skipping ahead to Phillies talk? No, I just want to hear your thoughts on the MLB season. But I know you mainly pay attention to the Phillies, especially while the Sixers are still alive. Um, I mean, I'm happy that they're winning the NL East, but I think they've been a little underwhelming. Yeah, what about the rest of baseball as a whole? Baseball's great. Yeah, all right. You have a right to pay attention. <laughs> kind of a dumb question on me. I might ask you a couple questions when we get to minor league talk. Let's just right into... Minor league talk. Yeah, it, well, prospects coming up. We'll, we'll <laughs> jump into there because you definitely have heard the one story I have for you. All right. Let's jump right into usual business, though. Hot and cold teams of the week. Emily, let's start in the American League. Does that sound good to you? Do you want to start? Sure. Who do you got for your American League hot team of the week? Well, there is one team that has been playing well this week, but I'm refusing to speak their name, so I'm going with the New York Yankees. Okay. Um, I can think of who you might (laughs) go with, so it'll be really interesting when we get to minor league talk to hear about their prospect. But tell me about the Yankees. Let's talk about them a little bit. Yeah, so in the last 10 days, the Yankees have gone 7-3, and three, even though they're currently on a two-game losing streak. Um, they had a run differential of 34, so they've really been, you know, offensively hitting it with a... Mm-hmm. They scored 158 runs in the last 10 days, which this looks like it's second in the American League for the last 10 days, so it's pretty good. They've gotten their bats moving. Yeah, it's so that's... Total on the season. So it's tied for second in the American League. Total. Uh, total. All right. With the Houston Astros just behind Tampa Bay. Um, so Yankee fans in 34. 30, the, Yankee, the Tampa Bay Oh, Rays. the differential. I was looking at run yes. scored. Yes, 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 yes. Tampa Bay, yeah, their pitching is very good. Their offense not as potent as the Yankees. The Yankees are the second 
or actually third in the American League behind the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers of all teams in total runs scored, but tied for second with Houston and just behind Tampa Bay for run differential. But yeah, you mentioned a little bit. Their offense has been awesome. Their pitching has been great too. We talked about this a little bit last week, how their starting pitching has really stepped up. Uh, Domingo Germain has had a fantastic start to the season. He's had five different starts. He has an ERA of 2.56, a whip of 0.85, which Emily basically means you're letting up less than one base runner in inning, and an opponent's batting average of 157. I mean, you can't really ask for too much more out of your starting staff, and your your bullpen's been awesome for them. Adam Adovino, great offseason signing for him. Same with the role as Chapman. And Tommy Kaline, also been fantastic for him. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Emily, offense has been outstanding, even though they're basically the walking wounded. But they have a number of different guys who are really leading the charge for them. Uh, Luke Voigt seems to be the, the outcry for, I don't know if you want to say all-star, if you want to say MVP, however you want to say it, he has eight homers, 25 ribbies. Aaron Judge, five homers, only 11 RBI, but you know that's okay. He's been a little banged up. <clears throat> Clint Frazier, also pretty good too. Almost choked on myself there trying to say his name. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Anything else, though, that you want to say about the Yanks? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I'll give you my team. And... The team that, that you said is probably the only other team worth talking about. Don't I, do it. I'm not going to do them because there's another team to talk about. The team I've already picked is a hot team of the AL before, but the Minnesota Twins there we go. are seven winners of seven of their last ten. They're at 18 and 10, and you know they're now they're still firmly leading the American League Central. The Indians cooled off a little bit. We might talk about them in a second, but. The Twins, they're, they're, they're taking care of it. They're about middle of the road in both offense and pitching, but you know what? That's okay because they've figured out how to beat good teams. They've beaten the Astros. They've beaten teams in the division, and that's what, really what you got to do. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> uh, thought you might have, have some thought on on just beating teams in the division. You know, since it's important to beat teams in the division so you can make the playoffs. Yes, exactly. Especially this in baseball. This is like really hard hitting baseball analysis. Right okay, now, all right. That I'm giving the people. Thought you might have pulled. You know, Jorge Polanco still leading the way for the team. Nearly hit for the cycle against our Phillies. Nelson Cruz, Max Kepler, the German. It's a German. Yeah, he's German, Emily. Her mm-hmm. eyes just went wide of thinking that her fellow Germans. <laughs> fellow? Uh, are you not German? I don't know. You're learning a lot about our relationship audience. I thought Emily was German. My mom, I got my mom 23 and me for like two Christmases ago and she still hasn't done it. So. I think it's still sitting on our... No, we, I got two because they were buy one, get one free. So it was one for you and you just never filled it out? I was going to give one to my dad so I could like figure out both sides of myself without doing it myself, but then I didn't. But no one's done it. But one's so still sitting here. Yeah. So why don't you just fill it out and send it? Because you had to pay $80 for that. Okay. Interesting. We might have to put a Twitter poll. What's better, <laughs> letting it sit out there and, I guess, still be $80? <laughs> um, anyway, Minnesota Twins really hitting the shit out of the ball. Eddie Rosario, 11 homers. Uh, that is up there for the American League. Uh, but really, just getting offense from all over the place. And their pitching has been... You know, 
It's been pretty good. Like I mentioned, in the middle of the road, kind of the middle of the road everything. A very home run dependent team. Um, bullpen's been, been fairly solid. There's been a number of guys, Tyler Hildenberg, Blake Parker, that have been great for him. Um, but guys on their starting staff have either been great, like Jose Barrios, or abysmal, like Michael Pineda, who in six starts is an ERA of two uh, 6.21. Which, Emily, you got to agree, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Do you remember Michael Pineda with the Yankees? He was the guy that, that got famous on SportsCenter for having the pine tar behind his neck. Oh, yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, 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 and it was... He thought it was gonna it was gonna blend in, and it was a very different skin tone skin tone than his own. Um, yeah, he so he's back and he's been back for for a couple of years, but he's not looking so good. Opponents are batting over three hundred against him. Not what you want. No. But let's go to cold teams. We'll stay in the American League. Emily, who do you got for a cold team of the week? For cold teams of the week, I have. I will have one in one second. Do you want me to pick mine? Yeah, you pick yours first. All right, so I'm going to go, pretty sure I picked Seattle last week. So I'm going to go with the Texas Rangers, a team who, 3-7 and of the last 10, um, you know, this is a team that that made some noise coming out of the gates. They've been great at home, really bad on the road. And this is a team who offensively has really been able to get it done, and I mentioned them before of all teams, they have 171 runs scored, and they are amongst the worst in baseball in terms of pitching. Um, 164 runs against is only second to the Baltimore Orioles and the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners have, have played a few more games, so runs per game not as bad. And the Orioles are a team who, if they win more than 59 games, people who bet the over on that, would make some money, really make some money on that. So the Rangers weren't expected to do too well, and, and granted, they're third of fifth in the American League West. But you know, this is a team that that you thought you know wasn't going to do too much noise or make too much noise, excuse me, in the American League West. But you weren't sure where they were going to shake up versus the LA Angels, potentially against Oakland, who was actually worse off. Um, in terms of losses, again, they played more games because they started in Japan, if you remember that, Emily. Um, but the Rangers, really, the starting staff has been pretty bad. Um, you might think Mike Miner, if he keeps up a start, the start that he's had where he's 2-3, and three, but an ERA of sub-3, maybe if he keeps it up and keeps it going, maybe he's a guy on the trade, de- trade block. I'm not really too sure. They got guys who can... You know, really clobber the ball like Joey Gallo, who is hitting fairly well, ten homers and batting over two fifty for the first time in what seems like forever. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the Rangers and what they what they could possibly do if they should just start to think about selling and figuring all that out? I don't know. You're not sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right, all right. You know, it's worth asking. I mean, it's not. It clearly is not worth okay. asking. Okay. All right. Well, what is your cult team of the week? I just want to point out that you have done a little switcheroo here. Okay. Because you did AL hot and cold before doing NL anything. That's true. That is true. We're on the American League. So I just wanted people to know that NL is coming. Yes, it is coming. Yeah. So for my cold team of the week in the AL, I'm going to pick 
the Oakland A's. Yes. I feel like it's a pretty obvious pick. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, I mean, they have the same record as the Rangers in the last 10 days, but they're on a six-game losing streak. Yes. So if we consider they're seven days in a week and they played baseball games in potentially six of them, were seven, they either lost six of the seven or they lost all of them. So we're going to say cold, cold, cold. Yes. They were on an East Coast swing. They got swept by the Red Sox, got swept by the Toronto Blue Jays. And really just not putting anything together. Um, offensively, this is a team that we talked about a little bit of relying on the, the long ball for Minnesota. This is a team that really certainly, in theory, should be relying on the long ball. And they got guys like Chris Davis, who's already at 10 homers, but he's only batting 218. They got a lot of guys with, with multiple home runs. Matt Chapman is eight. Um, but really, I mean, if you look at the ratio of home runs to ribbies, not really that great, or ribbies to home runs, I should say. Not really that great. Um, I mean, guys that they, they picked up, like Erickson Profar, he's batting below the Mendoza line. Um, they only have one guy above 300 right now, which is not what you want to see. It's just kind of a t- it's t- kind of a tough go for them, and you figure this might catch up to them, and they've gone really cold. I mean, a team that you'd expect would score really well isn't doing that. They've only scored at most four runs during the six-game skid, and their pitching's been abysmal. I mean, their best starter is, you know, Frankie Montas, who admittedly I never heard of coming into this year. Um, Sub-3 RA, just barely. Uh, They have a Chris Mastit, who started two games, um, ERA at .75, but not sure if I can really count him. But other guys, I mean, it's really tough to look at. Mike Fires, who they thought was going to be this this great addition. His ERA is above seven in as many starts. Um, was really bad. That's 25 earned runs in 32 innings pitch. We'll put it that way, folks. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, Emily, that's a great pick. Really, really tough look for the Oakland Athletics. You want to go to National League? Do you want to start? Hot team? Hot team, yeah, I will. I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. There you go. Tell me about them a little bit. So the Cardinal scared me. Luna got up. Yes, Luna the dog is also <laughs> in the background, folks. If you've listened to an Emily pod, Luna the dog hangs out, and she was napping a little bit and seems to be still. She but just, she's now hanging out and might be coming over. So if no. you hear a little... She was just spooked. She just did a little shake. Now she's good. A little Luna shimmy. Tell yeah. about the Cardinals, though. So the Cardinals have won um, nine games mm-hmm. in the last ten days. Mm-hmm. And they are currently have a 67% win percentage. Then they are, I believe, probably they're leading the NL. Not yes, they are the best in the National League. It, I mean, doesn't really matter. But yeah. they're winning the, the NL Central. They're three games ahead of the Cubs. In this early playoff look, but the Cardinals—they're just—they no one on their team has a batting average of lower than 200. Like Yadier Molina only has nine strikeouts in 107 at bats. Like they're just like making solid contact, having good at bats. Just not a lot of like wasted opportunities on the offensive end there. So I'm gonna go with them for my hot team. No, that's and that's a fantastic pick, and you gotta. You got to applaud the the Cardinals for going out and getting some great moves. 
making some great moves. Paul Goldschmidt, nine homers. Marcelo Zuna, who's in his second year with the team, ten homers. Really leading the way for this team. 28 RBIs. 28 ribbies. Yachty, who you mentioned before, 20 RBI. Second on the team, right be, right in front of Goldschmidt. And then guys that you expect to see up there, Paul DeJong, Jose Ramirez, uh, batting well under the 300s and, and double digits and ribbies. These guys are doing well, and, and pitching has been outstanding for them. They have a number of guys on their bullpen, kind of similar to last year, but really, really dominating different teams, such as John Brabia, uh, whose ERA is just about half in 16 innings. John Gant, ERA just under one in 20 innings. Jordan Hicks, guy has been an outstanding closer for him. And still continuing that this year. He's got nine saves already. And they, they've really spread it out of, uh, as well. Andrew Miller, who he's made 16 appearances and he has, his ERA is five and a half. And I think he probably can continue to improve. Uh, so, yeah, I think their pitching is still in a good spot. And the NL Central is, is certainly building up to be one of the more exciting divisions in baseball. And that takes me right into my hot team of the week. And I'm going to go with the Cubs. I, I let you have the Cubs. Thank you. You know that I picked them for my NL Central winner. I do know that. So I got, I am just I am hammering home that pick. I don't know what their odds are, but I, I could potentially bet it if I had more funds available to bet on a division winner. Um, but the Cubbies, they are winners of seven of their last ten. As you're now starting to hear Luna saying she wants to talk to us about the Cubbies. But as Luna will tell you, their hitting has been outstanding. Their pitching has really started to pick it up because they've really – and their defense is a lot better because those were two big weaknesses coming out of the first couple weeks of the season. And it's guys that, that you'd expect to see. Javi Baez is still above 300. Wilson Contreras, who's getting that everyday role at catcher, is now at two, is 288. And – Guys like Chris Bryant are slowly but surely, Anthony Rizzo, slowly but surely bringing their batting averages up, getting more RBI, getting more home runs, walking more, striking out a little bit less. And the Cubs are going to slowly but surely put themselves right back into this race. And I don't think it's too out, too far out of left field to think that the NL Central is going to be similar to what it was the first time the Cubs made the playoffs, and I've said this before, and I will say it again, that it might be the top three records in baseball, maybe three of the best four, that are the division winner and the two wild card teams. I don't think that's too out of the out of the realm of possibility, especially where the Brewers are right now. Agreed. Yes, absolutely, especially where the Brewers, uh, you know, have been a little cold, and their their pitching certainly needs to figure it out. But uh, Christian Elch outstanding so far but and let's go into cold teams who you got for your cold team in the national league i'm gonna go with the washington nationals partially out of spite partially because they're on a three-game losing streak and are have only won three games in the last 10 days yes which is always it's just fun for me yeah i mean the nationals their pitching staff has been abysmal we're talking about this a little bit at the Phillies game tonight with some of the with our friends that we were there with, their offense hasn't been abysmal. They're you know only nine runs less than the Phillies in terms of runs scored. Uh, their pitching though somehow somehow has been worse than the Phillies, and you know it's starting pitching has really has really 
disappointed to start the year. The bullpen really was abysmal to start the season. Trevor Rosenthal was the one um, who was the guy who had a, who could not get an out and had an ERA of infinity uh-huh. for so long. Still sitting at 36. They've got Austin Williams, who's only recorded one out in two appearances. Yikes. And he's let up six runs. Do you want to know what that ERA is? Do you want to take a guess? Just tell me. 162. Nice. Yeah. Means he let up one run for every game in the baseball season. <laughs> but their bullpen's been, and there's a number of different guys that, as you know, the law of averages starts to come into play, have been pretty terrible. And and you know that's just not helpful there. Of starting pitching that's been shaky. Scherzer is an ERA of four point one. Um, Strasburg is an ERA of three point eight. And yeah, it's it's just tough to look at. I mean, their offense has been. It's been pretty solid so far. You'd want to see Juan Soto be above 250, which is basically where he's at. Um, and you, you want to see him get, a, get close to 280, 290, especially by the way that you can see him tear the cover off the ball. His slugging percentage is only 467. Um, Jesus Christ, I can read I don't numbers. know that I necessarily want to see these things happen. But if you're a Nationals fan, you do. And I know as Phillies fans, we have a little bit of bias there. We want to see him. We want the Phillies to do well, of course. <laughs> but they've also been pretty banged up, so you have to remember that as well. But there are a lot of missing pieces that aren't necessarily filling the Bryce Harper void that they thought would right away. And I don't know if it's going to be as quick of a fix as national fans thought it would be. Fair. Sure. So my cold team in the NL, I'm going to go... I want to stay out of the East and talk a little bit about the West, but all the West teams have done fairly well over the last week. I So just out of, out of sure ability to talk about them, I'm going to talk about the San Diego Padres a little bit. Even though they're 6 of six of 10, 6-4 um, and four of their last 10, their offense has been meh, really <laughs> meh. Uh, bottom of the barrel, Fernando Tatis leading the way in terms of hitting – he just got put on the DL, or the IL, excuse me. Um, their pitching has been outstanding, which is really where you got to talk about these guys. Uh, their starting pitching has been awesome. Their bullpen has been pretty outstanding. They've really been able to close the door well. They have a closer by the name of Kirby Yates, who, depending on how everything shakes up, the Padres right now are two and a half games out of first place in the NL West, and they're hanging around there in terms of nation, nationally wild card exposure. Um, so, depending on how they do going forward, Kirby Yates might be a guy that you start to hear about on the trade deadline end. Um, try to see if they can get some more prospects, see if they can continue to to build around Manny Machado, the big signing, obviously, that they got for him. Uh, Machado, four home runs, 12 ribbies. 236 on the year. I mean, would you say that's worth it? I think it's still to be determined. To be determined? Okay. Are you saying that just because of Bryce Harper and how he's been doing recently? Or are you saying that I just still think it's too early. These are giant long-term contracts, and I don't know that, you know, it can be... I feel like to look at the value of them, you're going to have to look at them... On the, the grand scale. Yeah, on the whole later into it, it's like... I can't think of a good analogy. It's just like too early to sure. tell. 
Sure. Yeah, I mean, Hunter Renfro, the baseball player, not the football player, the Clemson wide receiver, um, you know, he's been a guy whose name has really floated around as potentially a savior for them. He's been okay. Will Myers has been okay for him. So, you know, with the loss of, of Tatis, that's part of the reason why I'm throwing him up here. Also, just to talk about the NL West a little bit. Uh, the Dodgers looking really good. Arizona really making a charge. Um, San Diego, though, I mean, only 108 runs scored. 121 against, negative 13 run differential. That's worse than teams like the Washington Nationals, worse than the Brewers, worse than Colorado, who's really been on the rise and kind of plateaued a little bit in the last week. But I don't know. Seeing where San Diego sticks from here is going to be really interesting to see because we've seen a lot of these teams in the past, one month through the season, kind of floating around and not necessarily in the greatest spot in the world. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. We'll see if they try to continue to build build prospects, if they continue to call up guys. It'll be very interesting to see. But, M, let's go to Hot Players of the Week. We'll start with batters. The the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week, best batter. Who do you got in the American League? Um, In the American League, I've got your um, MLB. Wait, what is your MLB The Show team? Uh, the Chicago White Sox. Yes, your MLB The Show teammate, Jose Abreu. Okay. All right. <laughs> Tell me about him. How has he done this week? So, in the past seven days, he's a batting average of 588. Okay. And in 19 plate appearances. So, I feel like that's pretty good. Four extra base hits, one home run. And I'm just looking at stats, I've really been interested in, like, pitches per, per plate appearance because I just think that there's there's some value in people who are, like, taking pitchers to, like, six, seven pitches an inning and kind of tying Absolutely. Or a plate yeah. appearance on inning and tying them out. So this isn't that high, but he's, I mean, he's seeing at least, you know, over, over three pitches per plate appearance, which is interesting to look at, like, all of these top guys in batting that none of them are really. They really work the count. They work the count, but, like, really none of them are, like, over five. There's, like, John Hicks is the only one who sees, like, on average more than five pitches per plate appearance. So, like, I think... John Hicks should be saw tonight. Yeah, so I think that, I mean, it's important to not have them be, like, one. But it's also something to say that these guys are seeing these pitches and getting these results and, like, really picking their spots and also just, like, have... An ability to get the ball where they want it to go when they Certainly. put their bat on it. Absolutely, and that's, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, really being able to work a count and and really eat and really eat pitches from these guys who pitch counts are so much more prevalent in today's day and age. Yeah, I mean the White Sox are certainly they're a team that are going to continue to be on the rise in the American League, and that's a really good point of bringing them up. Um, you know, right now they're they're five and a half back, a little bit under five hundred. But you know, after missing out on the sweepstakes, I think they're a team that are you know just continuing to build from there. And Abreu is going to be that that cornerstone for it. So that's a great pick. I really like it a lot. I am going to go for mine in the American League. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. Uh, two homers, five ribbies, five hundred on the week, uh, six total extra base hits. Guys, absolutely tearing the cover off the ball and, and starting to put it together. The Red Sox slowly but surely are, are clawing their ways out of the basement. Um, if not for a team that you don't want to mention, who we're going to talk about in a minute, 
the Red Sox would be right there in third place. Um, they're quickly making up for their abysmal for their abysmal run differential right now of negative twenty three, which for an offense of their caliber, more runs than Tampa Bay division winner, six runs behind Minnesota division winner, four runs behind Houston a division winner, and a team you just beat in the ALCS. Um, you know their pitching staff has been subpar to start the year to say the least. A guy like Mookie, an MVP type player, who should be performing this week. If you know on any given week in any month, he should be able to go twelve for twenty-four, two homers, only strike out three times, score six runs for your team, really make things happen. And I think that that's paramount to the Red Sox continuing to claw their way out of there. Rafael Devers had a pretty good week as well, but that's that's something that. For someone who thinks the Red Sox could definitely still win 100 games, despite the fact that they've already lost 17, um, you know, so almost a third of the runs that I'm, or a third of the losses that I'm allowing them, only a sixth of the way through the season. You know, a guy like him, I think, is still incredibly important and is a key to doing that and accomplishing that goal. Do I go to the NL? Sure. All right. Who you got for your NL Roy Hobbs MVP of the week for batting? I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Dodgers? Dodgers. As a collective? The Dodgers. He's a member of their team. It's not Dodgers's. The Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers. Yes. <laughs> the Dodgers, Cody Bellinger. Yes. I mean. How can you not? He's batting 500 over the past week. He has 10 hits, 9 RBIs, 3 home runs. And I think it's significant to say that he also has picked up 6 walks. So yeah, I was about to say, that's something too that... that and pitches per, play, per uh, plate appearance is 4.5. So he's working the count. Yeah. He's making them throw to him. And he's doing it... He's doing he's using his head while he does it. Because he's, you know, drawing walks, 4 extra base hits... I mean, what what more can you want? No, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, something to be to worth mentioning too. You mentioned the six walks, but only two strikeouts, and a lot of guys can't say that. Logan Forsythe, who claims to be this great hitter, he was the guy who said all this shit about Gary Sanchez being in the home run derby a couple of years ago. Um, he had eight strikeouts. Mookie had three. Michael Brantley had four. Nomar Mazzara, who had three home runs as well. He had five. Luke Voigt, the guy I mentioned for the Yankees, five. Um, and a number of other guys. A lot of strikeouts. Carlos Correa, a guy who you always associate with great batting. And Bellinger's just seen it well. He's not striking out. He's a stolen base. And runs scored, something I think that, that cannot be understated as well. He has six, which really, I mean, you're just getting around. You're, you're helping to lead your team there. Um, you know, he... he has the three homers the same? He has less extra base hits than, than Mookie, so to have the same number of runs in one less paid appearance just tells me that you're able to do you know, smartly run the bases and your team is hitting well around you. So I mean, the Dodgers have, have had a really great start, and Cody Bellinger especially has had an incredible start. But for him to keep doing that in a in a division in a year that people thought the the Dodgers weren't going to be able to to once again contend in the way that they did. For him to continue continue to do that through one month of the season has been absolutely outstanding. But for me, 
for my hot player of the week for the for the National League, I'm gonna go with, and I'm I'm tied up between these two guys, but I'm gonna go with Ozzy Albies. Right. Second baseman for the Atlanta Braves. I know you 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 don't like talking about the other teams in the NL. I don't. You really don't. Four homers though. He's nine for twenty six, three forty six, batting average. Another guy, not a ton of strikeouts. He only had two, just like Cody Bellinger. Three walks, um, only five ribbies though on the week. So not a ton of production outside of the home run ball. Um, the Braves are five and five in their last ten days. One hundred fifty three runs scored. That's tied with the Phillies, the best in the American League or the National League East. Uh, the pitching has not been nearly where Atlanta wants it to be. But Albies is a guy who has been up for a couple of years now, and he's a guy now that's starting to be the you know heart and soul of the lineup, not necessarily to the point of guys like Ronald Acuna, like Freddie Freeman, like even Nick Markakis. But Albies is a guy that, that the, the team is going to look to, and having an OPS of 1.2, uh, 1260 to be exact in terms of the uh, percentages and all that. It's pretty outstanding, and and I know you don't want to hear it, <laughs> but that's certainly something that if you're a Braves fan, you want to see out of your top guys. I guess. <laughs> all right. So let's go to pitchers. The Billy Chapel Pitcher of the Week, and we're going to switch things up. We're going to start the National League. Do you want to pick your National League Player of the Week or it, Pitcher of the Week? Pitcher. For me? Yes. Sure, I'll pick one. I just want to throw it out there. That I think it's really difficult to pick a pitcher of the week, mostly because unless you're picking a reliever or a closer, most of these guys are only pitching once. So oh, yeah. it's like you had one quality start, like good for you, but like what can you do over time? Oh, for sure. So I'm just going to throw that out there as a caveat. Oh, absolutely. And that's why Greg, a lot of the times when we don't do both, he just pitches a, he picks a bullpen guy because it's the bullpen cart. That's true. Yes. So, if I had to pick a pitcher of the week, I'm going to go I'm going to go for a hometown guy. Okay. I'm going with Jared Eikhoff. All right. It's good to have him back. It is good to have him back. He pitched one game as yes. everyone all these starters did. Oh, this one the pitch too. Okay, whatever. All right. 7 innings. Only allowed two hits, one walk, six strikeouts, with a whip of .43 and ERA of zero. I think it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, it does sound pretty good, and obviously, him coming back it adds a another wrinkle to just what the Phillies' starting pitching staff can be. And just a quick preview of Phillies' talk: you know, the, the pitching staff's in an interesting position. The Phillies have a precarious decision to make when Nick Pavetta ultimately is ready to come back to Major League Baseball, which we'll talk about in a minute. So a little preview there. But Eikhoff's a pretty good pick. Um, you know, he did obviously have just the one start in the last seven days. I like to go with the, the guys that made the two starts, as you mentioned, a little more of what have you done for me lately, um, especially in the last seven days. And there's one guy that I think is a almost unanimous pick. That's Zach Greinke. Alrighty. The guy from the Arizona Diamondbacks. The, the guy. guy who, according to my dad, was dumb to go to a place that you normally retire to go pitch <laughs> and you go play baseball. But this guy has been pretty great for the Diamondbacks. He 
Over the last seven days, made two starts, pitched fourteen point two innings. Um, I mean, not that alone. The fact that you can still do that in today's day and age of baseball and the National League, especially, is outstanding. ERA of point six one, which means he only let up one run, a WHIP of point six run, point six one, which means. He's only let up nine base runners over 14.2 innings. An opponent's batting average of 1.43. Absolutely mowing down batters and looking like he's starting to get into that position of the Zach Greinke that we've seen, we've known, we may have loved, we may have hated. But a guy that if you're facing the Arizona Diamondbacks and you see that he's coming up on that series, you know that you really need to come and put it up because he's going to shut you up in the games in the games he faces you. If it's a three-game series, you need to make sure you win those other two games. Because Zach Greinke is coming for you. And if he continues this, this trend that he's on, there's no reason to think the Diamondbacks won't be in the conversation that they're currently in, where they have the third best record in the National League. There's no reason to not think that. I know Colorado's on the rise. I know that the Padres have been hanging around. I know the Dodgers have been tearing the cover off the ball. But we thought this before about the Diamondbacks. That they weren't going to be contenders close I mean, close to where they were. And this is when we thought their pitching staff was eh. And their batting was supposed to be great. Now I think their pitching staff should be better. Granted, they lost Patrick Corbin. But that we think that their batting, their batting should be eh. Who's to say that can't happen again and they don't make some sort of trade? So, Zach Greinke, great week. I'd love to see you continue it. Keep going. Emily, tell me about your American League Pitcher of the Week. So, I'm going to go on the Greg trajectory here. Okay. And I'm going to pick Cleveland's Brad Hand. All right. So, he pitched four innings. Yep. With seven strikeouts. So, if you think... Dominance. You know, four innings, there's there's 12, seven of 12 batters he struck out. I yes, mean, you know. the 12 outs he recorded. Yeah. yeah, seven of 12 outs were him, right? Yeah. It's good. Three saves, only one walk. Any hits? Any runs? No hits, no runs. There you go. What more could you want from a closer? Anything? That's what you want. You want one, two, three, Can maybe? Can we have one of those? Uh... Next question. We'll talk about. <laughs> um, so I was going to go with a Cleveland guy, but I'll I'll audible to a different player just to talk about a few more. Um, I'm going to go with Garrett Cole of the Houston Astros. I know I, I talked about them a little bit of uh, having a, a little bit of a down week. Um, the Astros, who you know, they're five and five. They're leading the division. Um, the American League West having kind of just a down start to the year. And that's weird to say because the Astros are five games above 500. But Cole Verlander, their starting staff, been outstanding. You know, um, not much more you can say about it. They're, they're still, strangely enough, Emily, they're, they're fifth, they're fourth of five, excuse me, in the American League West in terms of run score. But their pitching has been outstanding. And Garrett Cole in this week has been greater than outstanding. He's been dominant. One and one in this last week. He's pitched seven innings. He's let up 
two runs. Both of them were home runs. He's struck out 21 batters. Wow. 21 batters. Half of the outs he recorded were strikeouts, in other words. An ERA of 1.29. Again, two runs, both homers. A whip of .71. And an opponent's batting average, 0.91. Absolutely mowing down, guys. Maybe a sh- maybe a fastball or a curveball that just missed the target got taken for a ride, but only two of them. Again, the only two hits he let up, or the only two runs he let up four, of four hits. There's not much else you can say about it, except if you want to talk about Verlander, which good for me yeah. having him fantasy. You know, not to brag. Um, Humble brag. A little bit. My fantasy team sucks, so <laughs> you know, it is what it is. The Astros are probably gonna are going to need their pitching staff to continue to run it at a clip. Maybe not this great. Probably what Verlander's running. Maybe a little worse. Maybe around three. They need their batting to be better. Um, if they're going to be, I mean, right now they're they're game up on Seattle. I think Seattle's for real. They're certainly showing that in the way that their offense is performing. They can certainly do what they did last year and really make noise. Coming down the stretch, I don't think Oakland. Sadly, I, you know, maybe they do. They're only five games out uh, out there. But Houston really needs to step it up because their pitching has been outstanding where they've let up 111 runs. And there have been some teams that have been better than that. Cleveland, another team with a great pitching staff. Tampa Bay, another team with a great pitching staff. And the Canadian team that Emily does not like to discuss, one run better than Houston. But Houston continues to the clip that they're at. There's no reason to think when their offense figures it out that they make this a one-horse race to go with the Kentucky Derby theme by mid-August. But, and before we go to Philly's talk, I do want to talk to you. There is a guy for the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. I know that you're not a fan of talking about Toronto right now because of the Raptors. No, I'm not. Have you heard about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I have. What have you heard about his dad was also a baseball player. Do you remember Vladimir Guerrero? I do not. Oh, man. And he shared a really cute Instagram picture. He did share a cute Instagram picture. So his dad played for the, the Expos, then famously played for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of, of America, which America, North America. Vladimir Guerrero was probably one of the best hitters that you and I will have ever seen. Guy didn't wear batting gloves for one. For two, could hit any pitch. Apparently would hit any and all pitches thrown to him in batting practice. It could be at his knees, literally an inch away from his knees, and would hit hit it to the fence. He famously hit a, a curveball off the dirt. And Guerrero Jr. is just as good of a hitter. Same amount of power, just a bigger boy. Plays third base for the Toronto Blue Jays. We saw one of his highlights on the highlight reel. And this was from, I think, either today or yesterday. This guy looks like he's the real deal. And, I, you know, how great of a story do you think this is for baseball? Having a guy who, we're in our late 20s, we saw his dad play. His dad is being prominently featured across all form, all mediums of baseball. How great of a story do you think this is? I think it's a good story. It also, you know, it brings his dad back into the spotlight 
and, you know, potentially, I can just see, you know, the E60, the the features on SportsCenter, all of that kind of stuff. And it's just good to bring the awareness to, like, not awareness, everyone knows what baseball is, but the publicity to baseball. Everyone loves a feel-good story. Everyone loves a father-son pairing. Yes. So I think it's good. Yes. All right. Awesome. So I did want to mention that before we jumped over to Philly's talk. I've got something fun, too. What do you got for me? I've got, like, a fun minor league thing. Okay. Tell me. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely. Okay. So this past weekend, the Lexington Legends, which is a Kansas City Royals minor league affiliate. In Lexington, Kentucky? Yes. All right. They hosted a luxury baseball experience. Okay. And they were going to have villas. They were going to have oh God, musical is this, is guests. It, is this the fire fest? <laughs> they were going to have celebrity chefs. Oh, no. With food. And do you want to know what was at the ballpark what, for people? What was there? There were cheese sandwiches. There were piles of mattresses. There was their in-host stadium announcer just yelling at people through a bullhorn. Oh, my God. So, was there even a game? There was a game. There was a game. There was also... Were they wearing, like, white, plain white tees and plain green tees? No, they weren't. Like, they were wearing actual uniforms? They were, but they used, um... They wrote on the cheese box, no refunds, courtesy of Ja Rule. And they played the music of the people. So they had Firefest night <laughs> at the Lexington Legends? Basically. And the head Oh my god. The headshots of the opposing team featured, like, subjects of the documentary. Like, you know how, like, when they make, like, Odubel Herrera into a lion, they just use, like, the people. One guy, the blowjob guy? <laughs> I'm... Probably. They don't have all the pictures. Oh but my god. The, the older man goes... Yes. Yes, no. that man. Yes. Um, so... Clearly Emily's not aware of Blowjob Man and his I status on the internet. I, I know. I know exactly who he is. Yeah. I just haven't watched it yet. Um, so yeah. I thought that was really, really funny. That is... That's actually hysterical. I did not see that at all. Yeah. This was a great surprise. <laughs> Holy shit. Let's let's go to the Phillies, though. Okay. All right, Em. So, we talked about it a little bit. Your thoughts on the Phils. They're in first place. You like to see them do a little better. Yeah. I I just... Take not, me through this. Not that I need to see them do, them do better. Like, I'm not going to be like, ugh, we're in first place. This is awful. But... No, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, there was just a lot of... And I, I think that the real problem is is that the games that the Phillies are losing are, like, really frustrating losses. It's, like, dumb errors. It's, like, just... Dead bat nights. Yeah, just things that they shouldn't... I mean, a dead bat night happens. It's whatever. But sure. just, like, them committing errors, losing against, like, not good teams. But the bats are dead. Yeah, I go, okay, fine. Yeah. The only um, reason why I say it is... I, but, like, the bats aren't dying against, like, these great pitchers. The bats are dying against, like, people that they should, like... They should hit. Exactly. Against. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. Obviously, this week was a lot better than than a week ago when Matt and I were talking about the Phillies having come off of losing two or three to the Mets, losing three of four to the Rockies. They took three of four from Miami. They split a two-game set with Detroit in the weird week... Where you get two days off in one week. Very rare for baseball. Um, especially, you know, this early in the season. I mean, it works out of kind of how 
interleague play works and how that all happens. Uh, but yeah, you, you face Washington this week, then you go on the road to the Midwest. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what the the correct answer is for the Phillies. The offense has been it's been pretty good. I mean, they need to. You know they're now ninth in terms of league of in runs scored, and we saw tonight in this game against the the Tigers they can score in bunches, even with guys that are that are in the lineup like a Rodriguez, like a Phil Goslin. I mean those they've both been plug and play guys that have worked for injured players. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what the the correct answer answer is because I think it's going to figure itself out. Um, I agree. I don't know. What have your thoughts been with Bryce Harper so far? And then I have a follow-up question after that. What are my thoughts on Bryce Harper? Yeah. Have you, have you enjoyed him on the team? Yeah, I have. Okay. We were talking tonight to our friend that we were at the game with, and she's not like a huge sports person, but she was just like, I hate Bryce Harper. I don't care that he plays for the Phillies. I hate him. And I'm of the mind that, like, I obviously hated him when he played for the Nationals, but I don't think that... I don't know if it's because he plays for the Phillies now or because he's, like, in a place for a long time or what he's doing, but I just feel like I don't see the, like, douchebag Bryce Harper anymore, and I don't know if other fan bases still see it. I mean, I guess, like, him getting thrown out of that game the other night when he, like, freaked out about the pitch... I'd rather Hernandez. see that's baseball though of seeing guys freak out about. No, that I sort know, of stuff. but I mean when people say like there's Bryce Harper acting like that again, like that's an yeah. example of like what people. I would. think certainly people do, um, and it's good, good. Well, like he the, gave the fanatic fanatic shoes for his birthday. We should talk about that. Yeah, the, <laughs> the people that don't know the the Bryce wore Philly fanatic cleats on opening day. Fanatic loved him. And Bryce, the fanatic wore Bryce cleats the he next wrote, day. He wore Bryce cleats the next day, the day Bryce hit his first home run. So Bryce, for the fanatic's birthday this past Sunday, gave fanatic-sized shoes with his face on them. Yeah, fanatic cleats, not fanatic Bryce cleats. cleats. Fanatic cleats, yeah. I should, yeah, his pronouns yeah. throw people off. Is the fanatic a him? Is he considered a him? Is he like a fin, a fanatic man? I don't know. I know what he has a mom. What are the gendering of the fanatic? I know he has a mom. I know. And a dad. <laughs> so does everybody. But look, I think I think that I think he's I don't know. I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to I don't know. But I'm not a Galapagos person. I don't know I don't know the the anatomy of the Galapagos gang and their fair. and their it's crew. Um, but the thing on Bryce Harper I wanted to ask you, he got he got some booze on Tuesday night against the Tigers when we went over four and said I'd boo myself too the way I'm performing. I think that's great that he that he responded that way. He learned from Ben Simmons. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. Ben Simmons did not take it in stride. Um, and I think the Bryce Harper booing is going to get a lot more play, though, than Ben Simmons would because of all the money Bryce Harper's getting paid. Um, but what, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, he obviously is at a point where he's batting two for batting 240. He has six homers. I mean, he's second. He's or third, excuse me, behind Reese and Michael Franco and homers, and third in the team in RBI. He's the only. He's along with those two guys. The only guy that has twenty ribbies so far. A sixth of the way through the season. That's over a hundred RBI. Sounds good to me. And how many times do people like walk Bryce 
to get to Reese, who then hits Bryson. Like, yeah. To put it into perspective, Bryce Harper, twenty-three RBI, tied with Andrew McCutcheon for the team lead. Reese Hoskins is tied is third at twenty-one. Despite having a two forty batting average, his on base percentage is three eighty eight, which is behind Reese Hoskins at four fourteen. Wow. Ahead of Gene Segura, who's batting three twenty nine and has eighteen less walks. Gene Segura's only walked five times. It's ahead of Andrew McCutcheon, again, who he tied with, who has a better batting average. Granted, McCutcheon missed a little bit of time. He's he's had less batting he's at less at bats. Um, despite the same number of games played, McCutcheon's had you know, a little bit of injuries, missed the end of games. I, I think if you're the national play is going to be, oh, Philly's already turning on, blah 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 blah. Yeah. If you're a Phillies fan though, and you really think that, for one, become a sushi person as as Joe Madden <laughs> had an, had analyzed about us without even ever getting to know us, despite the fact they went to Lafayette. And just look at the numbers, because they're they'll speak for themselves. He clearly loves it here. He's still throwing the ball all over the place in the outfield after every warm up before they go out in the field. He clearly cares about it, otherwise he wouldn't make the comments like that and take it on the chin when he goes over four and he gets some booze from some idiots in the three hundred section that are taking advantage of dollar dog night and free beers. And also, like this sample size of Bryce is like one 78th of the time that he will spend in Philadelphia. So like That's a very good point too. That goes back to what I was saying about Machado. Like I mean, yeah, like you want like instant ROI, but like we gotta like Yeah. Let these like see where these things how these things look in like two years. Yeah, and we'd be remiss without without pointing out that he clearly leads the team in strikeouts at at thirty eight. He has just looking at Hits per bat versus strikeouts per bat. Twenty five for one hundred four is his hit is his batting average. Thirty eight for one hundred four strikeouts. It's where baseball is right now. I'm fine with him doing that. Again, he's drawing walks. He gets the intentional walks to throw Reese up. Reese is thirty three strikeouts, so you can't act like he's not at fault either. He's doing that as well. McCutcheon is. The rest of the team though has seen the ball fairly well. You also have to look at the fact that the guys that were your one, two, and three hitters a mere three years ago are now on when they are healthy because Odubo is hurt. Are your six are your six, seven, and eight hitters? Michael Franco is the reason why we won the game tonight. King the, of the eight hole. King of the eight hole. Damn it! I should have tweeted that instead of best eight hole hitter in baseball. But still, it's all going to be okay. I have Phillies over at eighty nine and a half. I'm fully confident at it. A lot of other friends that are degenerates like mm-hmm. myself, fully confident towards it. Emily, are you confident for me? I'm confident. There we go. Playoffs? Yeah. Let's do it, baby. All right. Let's move on to the fan favorite segments. Emily, stadium snacks. We're going to do it a little differently. We're at the ballpark tonight. I want to hear about your favorite stadium snacks. That I had at the ballpark tonight? Tonight, and we've gone to a couple of years. Actually, so I, hear I had some something really interesting. Yeah. So I got Campos tonight, and I got a cheesesteak, and it was a cheesesteak, and it was fun. I got fries, and I thought they would either be, like, I thought they would just be, like, big, like, regular 
like the the chicken finger and fry platter fries. Mm-hmm. But they had like rosemary on them. Oh, well, seasoned. And like maybe some like garlic. Like they were like seasoned French fries. A little, little truffle oil. I I mean that's fancy. They were only six dollars, but like there was definitely rosemary on them, and I was like. This is like I was like Ooh, thinking I was fancy. gonna be dipping them in ketchup and then I got them and I was like these are not ketchup fries these are fancy fries. All right. So I thought that was interesting. That's actually really good. Campos right in Ashburn Alley, um, obviously well well known for their cheesesteaks. The cheesesteak was really good. Yeah, I mean it's always always a solid choice. They have the Wells Fargo Center. I believe they have a location at Lincoln Financial Field. Probably much better than like the generic like. Uh, like yeah, you and I are split on the on the Aramark. Yeah, no, they're they taste like pepper. Steak. It's not. They're not. Yeah, good. you think it's a little peppery. I think it's fine. No, both the cheesesteak and the chicken and the chicken cheesesteak, I think, are great. I haven't had the chicken one. yet. You never had the chicken one. I think the chicken one is more like lemon peppery. Yeah, and your face is no, not, not reflecting. Like, it. Well, I think it's different because I get them with cheese and you don't. So I think True. It, it doesn't. It I doesn't, also add, I throw in some. I throw the sauce on. I, it doesn't I mix mess it up. well with the cheese. It yeah, I, I I get the sauce on it and 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 figure it out that way. Um, yeah, I went I went to Bulls tonight. Got the the turkey sandwich for the first time in a while. Wasn't really feeling the brisket. Wasn't feeling the pulled pork. You know, want to avoid some mess. Still got a mess because it's almost like a roast beef sandwich where they dip it in the juice mm-hmm. before they throw it on the bun. Absolutely incredible. Throw a little horseradish sauce on there. Throw a little bit of the barbecue. Oh, my God. It was so mm-hmm. great. Didn't need anything else with it. I almost got coleslaw on top. You pay extra, a couple extra, you get a little coleslaw. But I figured, oh, is it going to be a little bit messy? It's going to be a little juicy. Didn't want to ruin it with the coleslaw. And I'm glad I didn't. You can get the platter. You can get coleslaw, cornbread on the side. And I really wanted the cornbread, but didn't know if I wanted mm-hmm. that or baked beans. Wasn't really feeling baked beans. It was already the fifth inning when I was getting my, my dinner tonight at the game. Uh, so I, I tried to avoid that. So I went I went turkey sandwich. There you go. We had some we had some good beer choices though at the game. Uh, you you had a sour. You want to tell them a little about the sour? Yeah, I believe it was um, a flying fish sour. It was. I'm trying to find the name of it right now. Uh, I believe it was the Salton Sea. The Salton Sea. I believe you are right. Yeah, I, I grabbed it for you, so I believe I should know the name yes. of the beer. It was good. Um, it is a. Glad to know. I really like sours, um, but it had it had strawberry and lime notes in it, and a little bit of salt, hence the salt and sea. Um, it's not very alcoholic. It's only four point three percent. That seems low for a sour. Yeah, it does seem low for a sour, especially although I think sometimes sours aren't that high. But then people think of like sour monkey, which will like kick you in your in the ass. So like they think all sours no, are that kick high. You in the dick. No, I, th- I was trying to say, I was going to say kick you on the ass, but, like, that didn't sound right. right. Um, but it's really good. It's really refreshing. It's a really great summer beer. Um, and then I just had a Tall Boy Bud Light after that because I couldn't find anything good. Yeah, I, st- I stuck with the Bud Light after I got the Bullpen Sessions mm-hmm. by Goose Island. It's a great ale. Uh, nice dark notes to it. Um, I tried to put it on a, on a certain beer app, and they talked about some citrus notes. Did not taste that, but... Um, talking a little about a little bit with our friends that were at the game. I think it might just be a a, bull, a ballpark special, and you know definitely worth it. Um, yeah, I mean Goose Island obviously makes some great beers. Originally located in Chicago and all that has come to Philly with a strong force. So definitely would recommend it. 
Uh, you can get it with the tall the tall boy at Pass and Stow, the the new beer garden that's there, which we checked out pretty in, you know pretty thoroughly. You had the pizza from there, right? I didn't. I was you did going not. to get the okay. pizza. I didn't. Yeah. Get it. Because I got um, the cheese stick. Later. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, you could have doubled up. I don't know. You got a <laughs> slice. last day before a beach bod season. Yeah, exactly. Beach bod seas coming in. Um, <laughs> all right, I won't say that. Though. We're not calling it a seas. A seas. Seas and desist. Um, all right. We don't have any bleacher creatures. We talked a little bit about... I mean, I think... I think your minor league story is a bleacher creature now, actually. <laughs> Except um, the team is the bleacher creature. Yeah, that that counts. Bleacher creatures is kind of a you know we we kind of mesh ourselves liberal. into it. Use it liberally. You li- use it liberally. Let's look at this week though. Any series M that are on the calendar that you're excited about? No. 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 I have a I have a very laser focus this upcoming week. So. Yeah. All right. We're going to the Sixers tomorrow. We'll we'll I'll get your thought on that in a minute. Um, the one I'm actually looking forward to a lot is the Cubs and the Cardinals playing each other. I think that's going to be huge. Cardinals, obviously, we talked about one of the hottest teams in baseball. The Cubs are right on their tail, um, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be at Wrigley, um, and I'm I'm now seeing if it uh, you know just checking Sunday. I think it is, but I'll tell you in a second if it's the Sunday night baseball game and. Uh, it does. No, no, it's Monday. I've clicked too many. Um, and no, it is. It is the Sunday night baseball game, which makes sense because ESPN loves to go to Wrigley. But it makes sense of why it would be the rivalry like this. So incredibly excited about this. But you mentioned it this weekend. Games three and four. Game three Thursday night. The night of that you're probably listening to this, Emily and I will be going. Follow us on thunderboxsports.com. Game three. We mentioned this to friends. We feel like it's fairly confident that they come out 2-2. How do you think tomorrow is going to go, game three in Philadelphia? I think it's going to be good. The center is going to be crazy. Yep. It's going to be so loud. Yep. I think Mike Scott's going to play. Fuck yeah. Which is a huge, huge bonus for us. Yep. I mean, if we do what we did in game two, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't... Kawhi is going to get his. It's just going to happen. It's like how the Sixers play Giannis. Is Giannis is going to get his, but if you can stop everybody else, then he's not going to beat you by himself in a seven-game series. Yeah, makes sense. And Ben has been playing out of his mind defense, and mm-hmm. including on Kawhi. So I think if we can get another strong bench performance, we had a really strong ben- bench performance in game two, mm-hmm. get Mike Scott back, perhaps get it. I think either game three or four will get a Joe game because I think that he is just really invigorated by the home crowd more than oh, anyone yeah. else on the team. And I think that he's gonna. That's gonna make him want to put the team on his back. And mm-hmm. um, we haven't really had a Joe game in this round. He was sick last game, and game one was like not great. All right. So let me ask you this to quickly wrap it up. I know I could talk about the Sixers for a Yeah, we could. <laughs> and we're just about time to wrap this the whole thing up. But so Luna says it's bedtime. Yes. So there's three opportunities that the Sixers have. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be three one Sixers, two two, three one Raptors. Give me a percentage for each of them. Or odds. I'm not not good at that. I'll just say that I think 
it's more likely that it's 2-2 or 3-1-6ers than 3-1-Raptors. So you power... What would you power rank? 2-2, 3-1-6ers, 1-3-1-Raptors. I agree with you. I think it's probably... I'd say 40 to... I'd say 45 to 2-2. Two, two, probably even closer to 50. And then 30 to 3-1-6ers. To you have to think they win one game at home. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's low that the Raptors come out of that 3-1. If they do... I don't think it comes back to Philadelphia, but I think it's very likely that we're going to see a third game in Philadelphia for game six. Uh, Agreed. I'll put it that way. Regardless of how we leave Philadelphia, I think it's very likely game six is going to happen. Agreed. Anything else before we wrap this up? Nope. All right. Emily, thank you so much for doing this. Obviously, uh, this is not your arena of expertise, but... We needed you. Not You yet. really got the call to the pen. We brought in the righty, and you really stepped up. I'm like a I'm like a player that's like just come up for the minors because someone's hurt. But like by the end of the summer, like I'm really ready for my call up. All right, yeah. Then we'll have to bring you back up at the there end of the go. summer. But for my lady Emily Anderson, third and girl, make sure that you follow us on Twitter. Third and girl With- underscores in between on the other sides of the ends. Is that yep. how you say it? Yeah. Jordo9 for me, Thunder BLG for, th- for the Thunder Blog. Thunder Blog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, thunderblogsports.com. That's going to do it for us. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hopefully, we don't get washed away at the Broad Street Run. Hmm. And let's go, Phillies. <laughs>